Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everybody. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. This is a podcast series about personality styles, personality traits, communication, and authentic leadership. I have two books, which you can find on Amazon or on thehrlady.com. Wendy Sellers here, The HR Lady. Now, continuing on our conversation about personality styles and traits, let's talk about authentic leadership. Authentic leadership requires self-accountability and self-reflection. You've heard it before from me. Grab that mirror. Have you ever been told that your communication sucks? Now, be honest. Or have you wanted to say this to someone else? I'm sure you're all nodding your head at this point. Now, you, or they in some cases, need to understand that there are different styles of communication. And they are often driven by our natural personality attributes. I know, it's not all great news, but the good news is I'm going to give you an action list or you can give it to them. Number one, understand your personality styles and your personality traits. Number two, learn and understand theirs. And then number three, Adjust yours to theirs for just 15 minutes so you can get stuff done. In my first book, Suck It Up Buttercup, Be Leader People Will Follow, I state the following. Now, even if you're a natural born leader, it doesn't necessarily mean you're leading anyone to greatness. It just means that you're really good at getting people to follow you. And sometimes that just might be over a cliff rather than down the path to safety. Effective positive leadership skills can be learned with discipline and dedication. There are negative leaders and there are positive leaders. I want to help you become an effective positive leader who inspires and motivates others to do what you want them to do out of satisfaction, not out of fear. You see, fear is a short-term motivator. And yes, it's sometimes necessary, especially in emergency situation. You see, satisfaction is a long-term motivator and a heck of a lot easier on both your blood pressure levels and theirs. Getting back to authentic leadership, it requires one to be self-accountable while still holding others accountable. It requires leaders to take the blame, not point fingers, and to bring out the best in people in a genuine and trusting manner. People will know if you're not genuine. Leadership is not about control and power. So this means leadership is about self-discovery, grabbing that mirror, learning how we communicate with others. Notice I said with others, not to others, and perhaps how we can change, even if it's just for a few minutes so we can be positive and get stuff done. In the book, I go on to give an example of dealing with loud and direct people. Since I am one of them, I can do that. That's right. I'm a solid D, practically outside the circle. Here's the deal. You don't need to be the loudest person in the room. You don't need to be the most direct person in the room to be a leader. In fact, that comes off as downright offensive to most of the other personality styles and traits. 
At least that's what I've been told about me being brass and loud and dominant and take charge. You can be quiet, calm, supportive, and a factual hero. You will have to figure out a way around me, the dominant Ds, and my bossy colleagues who will take over your meeting and your conversation. But when you do, it will be glorious. A great way to get dominant personality styles like myself to listen to you is to placate them a bit. They want to be heard and you should listen. Say something like, so what I heard you say is that you want a new printer in the marketing department. Great. I will add this to next week's operations agenda and get back with you on the details that the team will need for consideration. Why do you want to do it this way? This gets their attention that you were listening to them. Now, since they probably interrupted you, you can move on to the topic that you were actually there to talk about. If they interrupt you again, simply remind them that you gave them their time and now it's somebody else's turn. And this goes for anyone who interrupts you for any reason, regardless of their personality. You can say something like, I wasn't finished with my thought yet, and then continue with your thought. Give people time limits in meetings. Or when they interrupt you, say, John, I added five minutes to the agenda so you can discuss the marketing printer request. Or, sure, John, I can speak to you about that, but I only have five minutes. If it is going to take longer, we're going to need to reschedule this. It's all about communication, respectful communication. Bringing out the best in people with respectful communication will never give somebody else something to complain about. Bringing out the best in people also means you're willing to be openly available for communication and two-way feedback. Why? Well, to put it bluntly, leadership is not for the weak. Leadership is for those who are dedicated and willing to put in the extra work in themselves. Leadership is for people who truly want to bring out the best in others. You know what else leadership is? It isn't easy. But just like with any skill, the more you work at it, the easier it becomes. If you never work at it, you will never learn the skill of leadership. You need to keep learning. Here are my eight recommended steps to improve communication and engagement with your employees or your coworkers. Number one, remember the answer to this question, who is responsible for communication? Now take a finger and point it at yourself because you are. Well, everyone is really, but repeat after me, I am responsible for communication. If someone did not understand your message, you must take responsibility. Always ask yourself, or even the employee for that matter, how can I have handled that differently? Then handle it differently next time. Number two, communicate often. I encourage you to actually schedule weekly team meetings and then stick to them. Don't ignore them. Now, for some employees on your team, you may need to meet more often or on a one-on-one -on -one basis especially if there is a challenging project or a fast approaching or ever-changing deadline, which we deal with all the time. Employees whose managers hold regular meetings with them are almost three times as likely to be engaged than those with no meetings with their manager. It's kind of a big deal. Number three, respond to your employees. Respond to their emails, respond to their phone calls, respond to their voicemails. For some of you, it might be text messages or other forms of messages. This shows them that you respect and value them. You expect that of them and you should give them the same effort. 
you may need to decide which route of communication is going to be best and acceptable for your team. Number four, set your priorities for your employees and your team as a whole so that your expectations are clearly known to everybody. Osmosis does not work. If these priorities change, as they often do, communicate the changes with the entire team. Number five, show sincere appreciation. If you fake it, your employees will know. Be specific when you're showing gratitude. You did great is not specific. The team did great, not specific. Now, something like the way you handled the ABC customer complaint was inspiring. You saved the day. Thank you, John. That's specific. Here's a bonus for that. Thank you. It fits every budget because it's completely free. Number six, provide feedback often. Do not wait for the annual performance review. They're useless. You should be having regular feedback meetings. The annual review often feels forced and superficial. And let's face it, no one likes giving one. No one likes getting one. And I'm all for getting rid of them altogether and having regular, perhaps monthly, conversations about people's behavior and performance. You can do this by scheduling repeat one-on-one meetings. They don't have to be an hour. They could be 15 minutes. They could be 13 minutes with every employee as this will increase and improve the company culture. Things you can talk about in that meeting are their SWATs, strengths, weakness, opportunities, threats regarding the employee's overall performance, behavior, and where they see themselves in your organization. When these conversations happen frequently, employees become more productive. Imagine that. If you want to build your trust factor even more, ask them for feedback on your performance. Ooh, now it's getting scary. Number seven, get to know your employees as human beings. Listen, you don't have to be best friends but you already do spend a lot of time together. So being friendly makes those difficult conversations much more easy for everyone involved. So find out what they do outside of work and engage them in those conversations. Some people may keep that private and that's okay. And finally, number eight, assist your employee with growing their strengths. Do not assign them tasks or projects that will highlight their lesser strength. Mentoring and coaching are extremely important for building their confidence, their trust in you and your team, respect, and of course, happiness. Do we care about happy employees? Sure we do. Why? Happy employees are productive employees, and that's why we're in business. Building someone up while holding them accountable at the same time is called being a leader. Putting someone down is called being a bully. Now, every once in a while, there's going to be miscommunication. The only assumption you should make regarding that miscommunication is that your intended message was not properly received, even if you clearly understood it. What do you do? Over-communicate. Over-communicating is the preferred messaging option. Grab a mirror again and ask. No, assume. Am I part of the problem? Because you most certainly are probably part of the communication problem in this conversation. Finally, before we conclude this podcast series, again, I want to stress to please be careful when using personality styles and traits 
in making any type of employment decision. Why? Well, an assessment shows natural tendencies and preferences, as we discussed. Yet, we also discuss a great deal how to adapt to all environments. So people learn and they grow, which means they may change and create workarounds and overcome their natural tendency. For some of us, it might just be for a 15-minute conversation that we need to get through. I know people who wear a different personality style all day at work, and at home, their natural style comes out. It must be exhausting, but they do it. So if you do an assessment and make a hiring or promotion decision on the assessment, you may lose a great candidate or an employee who has adapted and has the ability to continue to adapt with training and development. In today's super competitive world, attraction and retention is vital. Be the leader who uses this information for a positive purpose. Speaking of working in a super competitive world, we know that the biggest issue these days is not just retaining employees, but getting them to come on board in the first place. So plan to do a lot of training. You should be hiring for character and training for skill. So this means, yes, you can be taking personality styles and traits into consideration, but you really should be taking character into consideration even more. What do I mean by character? What I mean by character is their emotional skills, their relational skills, their values, and do their values align with your company values? Do you even know what your company values are? Are they discussed in interviews, in reviews, and feedback systems? If they're not, please dust off your company values, which are usually expected behaviors of how people act and interact in the workplace. And then put in systems to train for the skills that you need. Why are you going to need to train for them? Because a lot of the skills that we need in our workplace just don't exist yet. And so we have no choice but to hire for character slash behavior and then train for these skills. Be a leader that you would follow. Be authentic and be sincere. Thank you for following me on this podcast series. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care and stay safe. You may also find my books on Amazon.com. Just search for Wendy Sellers, The HR Lady, or on my website, thehrlady.com. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.